Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email drjacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday, happy Saturday, wherever you are in the world. We're just thrilled to have you with us. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the founder and president and, wait for it, Chief Listening Officer at USA Global TV and Radio. Our show today is Authentic Achievements, and joining me is my friend and colleague. Let's welcome Kim Adele Randall. Hi. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I love, love, love the new title. That's amazing. What a a fabulous title, and one that we should have more often in organizations globally, shouldn't we? Listening is such an important part of communicating. Absolutely, Kim Adele. It's amazing to me how many times there are disputes or misunderstandings between people because someone isn't listening, or maybe both people aren't listening. It happens. And I know you are an excellent listener, and listening is a big part of what you do. So I'm going to spotlight you. And for people joining us for the first time, tell us about Kim Adele. Start with the hairdresser. I love that. I saw you posted that that license today. That's great. Tell us more. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I did. I was having a conversation with somebody who says, you just never talk about the fact you started out as a hairdresser or not often enough. So you're right. Today, I posted my 20-odd year, 24-year-old qualification in hairdressing, which is where I started. And the reason I did that was to share that actually hairdressing was my greatest lesson in leadership. And the reason I say that is as a hairdresser, they taught us to listen, to really understand what the person's wanting to achieve, to then help them to achieve it and to leave that, let them leave feeling the best version of themselves. And that really is leadership, isn't it? You know, we want to listen to our people. We want to help them to achieve their vision and become the best version of themselves as a result of interacting with us. Um, so that was my Uh, purpose for sharing it today and it was part of my driver for writing this latest book which is what inspired this show Authentic Achievements which is how do we actually share the simple things the things that we take possibly for granted you know we say listening where everyone was like okay we all know how to listen but do we I think you know we've lost the art of listening to understand and we've created the art of listening to interject listening just long enough to make our point or to prove somebody else wrong and I think we need to change that and that's why we wanted to do this show which was to share people's stories and advice on how they became their authentic self how they really stepped into their superpower and shared that with the world and I'm thrilled that you allow me to come and be your co-host on this show as part of this amazing channel so that we get to share these stories with other people and hopefully help them to achieve their authentic goals. Very good points. Very good points. Thank you. And thank you again for posting that, uh, that you're proud. You're proud of your, your beginnings. Although I know you struggled for a while with it and you had some 
some definite things that you had to overcome. And if, if anyone wants to hear Kim Adele's story, please go over to our YouTube channel, USA Global TV, and look for our playlist, Authentic Achievements. But if you want to share a, a little bit about that, your, that backstory that I'm referring yeah. to, yeah, I'd love to hear it again. Uh, of course. So I did really struggle for a lot of years. I moved out of hairdressing when I became severely allergic to it. So I um, lost the feeling in my hands and legs and had to retrain. And I ended up in, in financial services. And I was really terrified that I didn't have, I didn't have the right qualifications. You know, when you went for these future leader places that they put me forward for, and then they'd flick through the application, sucking their teeth and going, ah, so no degree then? I was like, no. Um, and no A-levels, no, don't have any of those either. And my MVQ in hairdressing really didn't measure up. And so I became really ashamed of it. I, it became a piece that was like, hopefully, if I stop talking about it, people will never know. And then I can just pretend that it didn't happen and, and that, you know, I, I just chose a different path in life. Um, and it really worried me for a lot of years. I remember the first time I made it to the board, I was convinced then for the next 10 years that someone was going to turn around and go, you put the hairdresser on the board that's a little bit awkward let's get her off and they never did I'm surprised I still work with boards today but it was a real worry of mine for a lot of years until I realized that that thing that I thought made me vulnerable was actually my superpower it was what had made me so successful in what I did because I was able to talk to anybody I used to jokingly call it hairdresser face people will literally tell me anything and I'm the person that ends up on the tube hearing somebody's life story, which I love. Um, but, you know, in the UK, you don't talk to people on the tube. People talk to me all the time. Um, and I used to think it was, you know, like jokingly hairdresser face. Now I realise it's because I'm genuinely interested. And I think people know that. People can see if you care and if you're really listening to them. And I think at our base, we want to be listened to, we want to be understood and we want to be respected. So if we can create that space for somebody else, you just see them thrive. And it's a pleasure to be part of that journey. Wow. I love that hairdresser face. I've never heard that terminology before. Uh, you know, you and I have something in common in that area. People have always opened up to me and told me things that people who've known them for years didn't know. And somebody would say, I can't believe that she just told you X. I've known her 20 years and she never told me that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? And, and I love it. I remember one of my uh, my most socially inept moments in life, to be fair. I was um, getting on the, I knew I was got to get on a flight with a very senior member of the bank that I worked for at the time, somebody I hugely respected. But I also knew, had a reputation for being all about the numbers, for being extremely business related and just wanting to, you know, to be very factual. So, because I was terrified, I was still at the stage at the time of being scared of admitting that I was just a hairdresser, really. Um, I learned every number I possibly could. I'd got them all. I studied for hours before I got on that flight to make sure that I was well prepared for any question that might come my way so that I didn't expose myself as not being worthy of not being good enough. And then we got on that. We got on the flight and we were chatting away. And all of a sudden he told me about his family, his home life, his his brother, his divorce, um, all kinds of amazingly personal things. He was really kind in trusting me with his story, in trusting me with you know, really personal information. 
and we got we kind of were chatting away and we got to the end and he said to me I'm really sorry Kim I, I've taken up the whole conversation um what have you got to say and I, I so was blown away by the fact that he'd shared so much with me the only thing that could come into my head was all of the numbers I'd learned. So I just started spouting numbers at him. <laughs> and then went, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. I can't believe I did that. I said, I was just so expecting you to be wanting me to know the numbers that I kind of wanted to let you know that I've known them. Well, we ended up, we, we shared a taxi into uh, into the city of where, where we'd flown into and we're still friends to this day. And he was like, I still don't know why I told you all of that. And I was like, neither do I. I'm glad you did. I'm glad that you trusted me enough with that information. And I still can't believe I was so socially inept. I spouted numbers at you. <laughs> but it was it was because I was so busy listening to what he'd, that what he'd said that I hadn't started to formulate any thoughts about it. So I think my subconscious kicked in when he asked me a question, which was, what's the closest information she's got available to hand? Right, let's give her the numbers. <laughs> but it, it's um, <laughs> funny, isn't it, how we can just create those moments with people? It truly is. I love that story. Thank you. And do you ever find that after someone shares information like that, the next thing they'll say to you is, please don't tell anyone. Please keep that to yourself. And it's kind of like, of course, I'm going to keep it to myself. This just happened to me recently. Then the person called me again. They're like, can you please remember? I'm like, of course, it's already, I already forgot it's in the lockdown box. But it just goes to show you that people hold on to things so tightly right? We, we just keep it so tight and it's causing us problems that we don't even realize emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it might be, that we're just so grateful to have someone who's going to be fully present and listening. It's true because we, you know, they used to say, didn't they, leave it, leave it at the door. We can't leave it at the door. You go, wait, you go in, you whole body goes in to the door. So, so you can say, don't think about it, but funnily enough, you're thinking, you know, you're, um, emotional brain responds 24 times faster than your thinking brain. So while you're telling yourself not to think about it, your emotions are all over the place. So you quite physically cannot. So instead we repress and we repress. And you're right, that shows up somewhere else. It shows up maybe in our mental well-being or in our, in our physical health um, or in how we're feeling, just in our emotions. And I think it's one of the it's one of the greatest gifts is when you find somebody that you trust, that you know is just going to listen. I've got a really good friend over here in the UK, Caroline Rice, and she always says to me, listening is an act of love. When we truly listen to somebody, when we create a space with no judgment, um, with no opinion, where we don't even have to answer, because they're often not wanting an answer. They're not wanting you to solve it. They're not wanting you to... Um, make them feel better they're just wanting you to sit with them and hold the space so that they can actually share what's going on and that in of itself is an act of love and I think if anyone's ever done that for you you'll know what I mean you'll know how much that makes you feel loved supported and appreciated and it's a gift we can give to anybody if we just take a moment yes beautifully said and also, I know we're going to talk about change today and adaptation because our guest is not here, but that's okay. We just keep going. But I, what I also wanted to say is when we are in the space of being a listener 
and we are coming up with solutions or making judgments, whatever. That's a lot of work if you think about it. Instead of just clearing your mind and just being right across from the person and just listening to what they have to say, we put extra steps into it. Oh, I need to solve this problem for her. She didn't ask me to solve it, but I need to solve it. Now we're thinking about how to solve it. Is it going to work? What if it doesn't work? It just sort of extrapolates into a whole big thing that it doesn't have to be. Oh, so right. And while we're thinking about that, we're not listening to what they're saying next, which might give us the real n nugget that's going to help them. Because you know, one of the things that I you know, I do for a living is, is coach people. And in doing that, what, what I do is I really, really listen because usually they'll give me the answer because they've got the answer. They've just not been asked the right question yet. But if I start thinking about how I'm going to solve the problem for them, I miss the opportunity to hear them find their own answer. So I think you know, really just listening. And one of the reasons that I think we don't just listen is because we're all terrified of the silence. We know that the minute you stop speaking, I'm going to have to do something. It's my turn. I'm supposed you know, we, we know the art of conversation. I'm supposed to do something when you finish. So we stop listening because we start thinking about how we're going to fill that silence. But if we learn to get really comfortable with the silence so that when you finish speaking, I can think about it for a moment and then respond, decide what I actually want to think as a result of what I've heard. The impact's powerful, um, both for yourself and for the other person. But it's getting comfortable with that silence, getting comfortable with that part of going, wow, I've not thought of that. You're using some kind of bridging, which is like, you know, thank you so much for sharing. And that, and that gives you that moment to think about, and now what are you going to say? What response are you going to give? How are you going to move the conversation forward? Yes, I love that. And I'd like to have your thoughts about this. If you think about it, like last night I was saying to my mother, I'm so happy where we are. It's so quiet. And normally, because we're on an island, there would be a lot of people here. There'd be a lot of boating activity. And whatever the reasons are, the price of gasoline, I don't know. I'm grateful that there aren't any boats and that there's no one out there because nature and the birds. And, but I love the silence. Some people love the action. They want to be in the midst of it all the time. And so I, I don't know. Do you think there's any correlation between being able to be in silence yourself, being alone and being comfortable, as opposed to always needing to have people around, always need to have the television on, always needing noise and distraction. Is there anything that we can equate to being a good listener or not? Well, I don't know. It's a great question. And I genuinely hadn't really thought about it. Because um, I do quite like silence, you know, but then equally, I can be one of those people that has to have noise, you know, that's like, oh, well, I'm, sometimes it's because you're trying to be busy doing too many things, can't we? It's like, you know, I'm going on the dog walk, but actually I'll stick an audible book in and then I can learn on the way so I can level up my time. But when I treat myself, and I do see it as a treat, when I treat myself to just be, you know, wherever that is to just be, then actually you get a sense of recharge. I can't do that all the time because I love people and I, you know, I know if I don't spend a lot of time with people, I, I feel like something's massively missing. But one of my really guilty secrets, <laughs> to own up to this one, is um, I have to have moments in my car that are just for me. And I begrudge in those moments. I never begrudge giving my time to anybody, ever. And I really want to be there and help. It's, it's my purpose in life is to help people. 
but there are moments when I'm in my car where I begrudge anybody else being there and I just want to turn the music up really loud sing re- I mean, I've got a voice like fingers on a blackboard but sing along to mask attempt and just not think for a moment and I find that is a bit of a guilty pleasure I don't do it very often but when I do it's a real way of recharging and of my little girls in the car we do it together in a musical singing really loud I mean anybody who can hear us I genuinely apologize for we're having huge amounts of fun and it's a great way to recharge the soul I absolutely love that and once again we have that in common I love to sing. I'm not in my car very much because I'm always here. Yeah. <laughs> but right over here to my right, I've got a keyboard, electronic keyboard. And I look out over the bay and I just start singing to my heart's content, playing and singing. And I just love it. It's, I love that. it's, it's a real connecting, isn't it? It's a, I guess that is, it's just that connecting. And it is, I mean, it's funny. I mean, you've got a beautiful voice. I really have got a voice like fingers on a blackboard. But it depends on the listener. You know, my little girl thinks I've got the best voice in the world. And she she's like, mummy, sing it to me. And I'm like, no, this is the people around. <laughs> All right, Kim, we have to hear you sing. Let's hear you sing something. <laughs> Spotlight on Kim singing. No, 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 I'm not singing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after a glass of wine. How is it going to be one of these shows in an evening? I will come and humiliate myself with my rendition of... It's funny how music means so many things to us, doesn't it? Because... Um, I was reading my little girl's school report. So she today is her last day of her first year at school. I go, where, where does the where does the time go? But in her report, they put in it that she um, loves to regale them all with renditions of chicken tikka. Uh, and her, her and her dancing queen is equally fabulous. <laughs> I was like, oh no! So I told my little girl because I thought it was funny. And because the words fit, that Chikatika by Abba is actually Chicken Tika. Um, and you can sing those words along beautifully to Chikatika and it fits. Um, and then didn't realise she was going to take it into school and sing it to them. Nor did I realise that when they asked her to sing Dancing Queen, she was going to let them know that I think the words are, you can dance in your underpants. And she's what them with as well. <laughs> Uh, and both of those come from I, me and my best friend many years ago. We've been friends since we were four. So, oh my God, 45 years this year. Um, and that's what we used to sing along when we were first learning to drive ourselves. And we got our driver's licenses. And I remember driving up and down the country, visiting friends who were at university, singing at the top of our voices, again, irritating anybody in, in the vicinity that could hear us um, with our versions of chicken tikka and <laughs> dancing your underpants but it's those memories the reason I shared it with my little girl is I wanted her to have the same joy that Charlotte and I had done and you know she, she turned around the other day we were watching we were watching Mamma Mia on the telly and she was like mummy that, they don't sing our words now I know it's embarrassing isn't it they don't know the right ones <laughs> <laughs> So at some point when she's not five anymore, I'm going to have to own up to the fact that I taught her all of the wrong words. And I hope that she finds the joy in it that we did. Oh, my gosh. That is precious. You have to take a video of you singing and send it in to us, please. 
Okay. <laughs> I think singing, it, it's great for all of us just to share our voice, whether we like our voice or not. Believe me, sometimes when I'm doing editing, all of a sudden the YouTube channel will start playing. And I'm like, oh, I can't stand hearing myself. I immediately have to close it out. Like, I don't want to hear me anymore. <laughs> I so get that. I'm like, I'm like, no, turn it off, turn it off. Turn it off. And my little girl's like, mommy, mommy, look, it's you on the telly. And I'm like, yeah, they're just like, can we listen? I was like, no, no. <laughs> God, why don't we go and watch Paddington or something? <laughs> well, how many times have you heard or read about A-list celebrities in films and they don't watch their work? They don't want to see it. And many times yeah. their children haven't seen it either. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's really interesting. I don't know why, I don't know why it is, but it like her and a little friend came in my office the other day uh, and they, uh, you know, I think it was one of our shows that happens to to be on that I'd just been commenting on, uh, and they was they sat there playing it. I mean, she she's five, he's seven, um, and they were sat like this. And I was like, I don't think you could be interested. <laughs> it's just me. Like, it's you. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Should should we come out? What exciting Aww. things are on the telly? <laughs> like, I love that. It was really cute. It was really cute. Um, and, you know, you know, I've been doing my 30 day challenge of going live every day and just doing a question and a quote to try and change our thinking. And Scarlett started off and she was kind of interested, but not but not really. And as the days have gone on, she's got more and more interested. And it takes me, what, a minute and a half maximum to do this live. And she's only having her breakfast and she's taken to sneaking closer and closer. And if you really listen closely to the last couple of days, you can hear her crunching an apple or something. She's literally almost crawled under my feet to get there so that she can listen to, which I love. And maybe one day I should just do one with her. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. It really <laughs> is. She is a real sweetie. I'm very, very blessed. Well, I'd love to have her on this show. We should bring her on one day. Oh, but she's well, in, she'll be um, out of school soon, right? She'll be out of school. So for the next six weeks, you you may just get what you wish for. Right. I, I will. That. I will have my little pickle with me. Um. So I will. I'll bring her along. She um. Good. We can talk to her about achievements. What achievements mean? You know, what achievements she's had? And yeah, yeah. I, I would love that because she has. She's got such bags of personality, and she definitely, definitely should be on the stage. And she helped you uh, decorate her room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Uh, absolutely. So we could talk about um, her wallpapering skills, aged five. Um, I know. I remember one of my friends going, "You wallpapered with Scarlett." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a single mum. There's just me and her, and you know, I'm five foot four. How do you think I'm going to be able to hold the wallpaper at the top and cut it at the bottom? It's like that's just not. It's not going to happen." And she went. Right. So tell me what you did. And I went, it was really easy. I held the wallpaper at the top. I dropped the roll to the bottom. And then I got Scarlett to get some scissors and just start to make a little line. She went, you let her cut the roll of wallpaper. And I was like, she did a little cut in it. It's like, you know, I knew she was going to be safe. She went, I wasn't thinking she wouldn't be safe. I was thinking she'll go up your roll of wallpaper. And it's wallpaper. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. She cuts the wallpaper. We, we try again. I said, but actually she didn't. And she's so proud that we did it together um because she and she'll show everybody like me and mummy did that and I love that I love that she's uh involved in things because I think sometimes we 
I think we do it with our children and we do it, we do it with our people, we do it in life, is we go, oh, it'll be easier, it'll be faster if I do it. Yeah, it will. But you miss the opportunity to one, teach them how to do it, to make them self-sufficient, and two, the memory of having done it together. I mean, what an what an amazing gift that I've had that she was part of the second time of my life ever wallpapering anything because I don't even done it once before that was years ago and that was with my father-in-law at the time who was a painter and decorator so you know I was under very careful supervision and he, he was able to keep me straight so all of a sudden I was now like probably six years on from from the last time that I'd done it and I was the one trying to teach someone how to do it going you've done it once Platts I mean <laughs> you don't know what it is that you're doing and you've chosen a five-year-old as your apprentice. So. <laughs> I think that's fantastic though, because to your point, whether it's children, it's also older people yeah. that all of a sudden it's like, oh, they can't do that. I can do it much quicker than they can do it. But if you do it with them, if you, if you give them that opportunity, they feel relevant. And then of yeah. course you have that shared experience. Absolutely. You know, it's 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 true, and sometimes it, you know it can get a little bit frustrating. I love my parents to to bits; they're they're amazing. Um, but there are occasions, you know, when you're helping them with a new piece of technology, where you're like, oh no, <laughs> don't press that button. They're not that button. Um, by with my mum the other day, it actually drawn out for her what the remote looked like, and then started to um, draw arrows off it for her to remind her what each of the parts were. And she now does it brilliantly. Um, and is hugely effective at it. So it's just about being a little bit patient. And, you know, I try and remind myself they were patient with me all those years while they taught me all I didn't know that I know today. And now it's my turn to give back. That's so beautiful. I have to remind myself of that also because our parents brought us into the world. They did everything pretty much for us till a certain age. And then all of a sudden when they get older, it's kind of like, no, we can't be like that. But with technology, there are people you know, your age, my age, younger, who have issues with technology as well. And I think that's another, I like to, to liken it to listening also, because when we're trying to do something new, we have all these thoughts coming up in our head. This is too hard. I don't feel like doing it. I'll just do it the way I used to do it. And that's clouding the area in our, that space in our brain that would be open to learning how to do it. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that I think we just need to cut the noise. And, and speaking of noise, I want to ask you about this. Uh, I had a friend, I have a friend who got divorced and I went to her home. This is years ago. And she had three televisions on. There was one on in each room and there was no one there but her. And we were talking before about being in the quiet or being in the noise. And I said, what's going on here? And she said, oh, I have television on because I'm alone and I feel lonely. And when the TVs are on, I feel like someone's here. And I thought, oh. Wow, that's very uh, concerning in a way. I think there's work to be done there. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, that, I mean, it, it is. I, and I see a lot of people that, that do that. And I think when we are, you know, I've been through a number, a number of divorces. Um, and I think you mourn a loss with every one of them, you know, because you didn't expect it to go wrong. You, nobody gets married thinking it's going to go wrong. And I think sometimes you you do miss that you know I, I I've never had more than one telly on but there have been those moments where you're where you're sat and you 
um, you're watching something and you turn to, to have an opinion on it or to share the joke or to do something else and realize that the other person's not there. And in those early days, that can be really hard. That can be really cutting because you're already broken up about what's happening. You're already um, impacted. Whoever it was that decided um, that it was going to be over, both are still impacted. And, you know, it's a result of that. And I think it's being kind to ourselves and saying, what, what do I need to do to get through it? Um, and if that is I need to have some noise on, then have some noise on. You know? um, and if it, you know, if it's something else. But but I think getting comfortable with ourselves, with the silence is is really important, but can be really hard. So there was many, many years where I didn't like myself at all not even in the slightest and therefore any time on my own was a real problem because I was forced to confront the person I liked least in the world um, and that's an awful thing when the person you like least in the world is yourself because you can't get away from yourself there all the time it's like you, know, you wake up hey I'm there um, so so having to go back and learn that having to um find something about yourself that you appreciate to start your journey to actually like yourself is tough it's a hard piece of work I but I recommend it to anybody I, um because it'll be a much nicer place and having been on both sides of that story I'm much happier now that I've done that work that allows me to um look in the mirror and not recoil in horror at <laughs> what looks back at me um which might sound really weird, but it was where I lived for a lot of years. Once again, thank you for just being so real, Kim Adele. I love that. I really do. I appreciate it. I, I was thinking yesterday I went to the gym and I was going to do something different. And I decided I was going to do that giant Stairmaster, you know, where they have the big stairs that you have to step up. Well, I haven't done that in probably four or five years. And when I used to do it, I would listen to music. So I don't have any way of listening to music now because, you know, we used to have those Walkmans or yeah. headphones with your phone. And I don't do that. So I thought, wow, I'm going to be on that Stairmaster for how long? And I have nothing to listen to. This is going to be. I don't know. I don't even know if I should do it. And, and I was actually questioning it as I was walking to the gym. And anyway, I got there and I saw the thing and it looked back. No, I'm kidding. I saw it. And I was like, OK, I'm going to climb and I'm going to just do this without any music. And I was fine. It was amazing mm -hmm. because I was able to free my thought. Like I do a lot of good thinking when I'm walking and I had some really good thoughts yesterday. And that's where I came up with chief listening officer. And I called uh a, an attorney and I got the papers filed. And so anyway, my point is in the past, it would have had that music blaring in my ears mm -hmm. and maybe I wouldn't have come up with that idea. So I love that. Yeah. And, and great example of giving yourself a moment to just, to just be. Um, and while we're focused on something else, and I wanted to come back to a point that you mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Jacqueline, which was, you know, when we try and do something new, whether it's new technology or, um, a new habit whatever it is we we hold ourselves back by telling ourselves we can't I can't do that it's too hard I want to change I want to do something different my, I see this in my little girl all of the time she'll come in and she'll go oh mummy um I can't do maths um and I learned that one of the most powerful words in our language is the word yet so I can't do maths yet I'm not good at coloring yet I can't climb the mountain yet and the reason that yet is so important 
is it allows our subconscious brain to open up and realize it's important to us and start to find ways to help us get better. And it also allows us to say, if I look at Scarlett and she'll say, mommy, I'm not very good at coloring. I'm not good at coloring. I say, you're not good at coloring yet, but look how much better at coloring you are today than you were last week. And look how much better you were last week than the week before. So actually, I think your coloring's pretty, pretty amazing. What do you think? And she's like, it is, mummy. Absolutely. And you keep practicing and it'll be better still next week. So trying to just reframe our thinking, I think, can help us really step into our potential. Yes, I agree with you. And I love these stories about Charlotte. You have to, Scarlett, you have to bring her here. Charlotte's your friend, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which confuses everybody. My poor <laughs> mum, bless her. Um, I kind of think it's, a, it's a, a general thing, isn't it, as we, as we get older. I mean, I remember with my nan, she'd go through everybody, and I usually came after the dog that she'd get to my name. Um, and the same is true now, my mum, bless her. She'll go through all of us, and then poor Scarlett and Charlotte, because she's known Charlotte also since, um, since we were four. They're interchangeable. <laughs> but Scarlett will tell her. She'll be like, Granny, I'm Scarlett. <laughs> I okay, love that confidence. <laughs> That's important as well. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I'm really trying to embrace that. There were, there were moments when um, she's a happy little kid and she just wants to be interested. She's interested in the world. She loves to meet people. But there were those moments where, you know, she'd be walking along. I remember when we were at nursery once and we used to have to walk back. Uh, and one of the places we had to pass was, was this pub and it was in the summer. And there was people sat outside and there's my little one. She was probably about two and a half at the time. And she would walk by waving at everybody <laughs> and saying hello, like they were her entourage. Um, and, every, and every fibre of me wanted to go, oh, don't do that. They're going to think you're precocious. And yet she wasn't being precocious. She was just being a happy little kid that saw people and wanted to wave at them. So I used to let her and she would, and they would be like, oh, she's adorable. And I was like, where she is she's just a happy little kid and whatever she wanted to wear she could I remember her rocking up I mean I live in Grantham so for anybody that knows Grantham it's a little market town smack bang in the middle of um, the UK so it's not highly cosmopolitan it's not high fashion it's a little working town uh, and she decided the other the other year it was now she would have been three um that we were going out for some brunch and she was going to go dressed in a gold tutu, full-on <laughs> skirt, and somebody handed her a balloon. I don't know why. I didn't still to this day don't know why she got this balloon. I've got this amazing picture of her, which I have to find and, and share with you all, of her walking down the, the centre of our high street in a tutu, holding a balloon, looking like a tiny mini version of um, Sarah Jessica Parker on Sex and the City. <laughs> age three as she just strutted her stuff and I was like you know what we spend years fixing our confidence going back and trying to find that belief that we had when we were children before we had it knocked out of us before we were told to fit in to conform and what if nobody did that to us what if we were never asked to conform what if we were just allowed to be our unique self and so I'm trying really really hard with her to let her be her and to embrace that and to encourage it. I commend you on that, Kim Adele. That is fantastic because to your point, 
at some time in our life, someone told us something about ourselves and then we took it to heart and we, we really believed it. And if we could just be celebrated for who we are, think about how we would feel differently. Yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? You know, I look now and my little girl, poor soul, looks a lot like me. <laughs> You'll find out when you get to meet her, everybody when, when I bring her on the show. But she looks a lot like me. I've got a picture on the wall up here. Um, and when she first saw it, she was like, oh, mummy, it's me. And I was like, actually, it's mummy. Spot the really bad 1970s clothes. Mummy has never made you wear anything like that. Um, but we do look very, like we'd look interchangeable at the same age when, when we were little. And yet I spent most of my life feeling like I wasn't enough, feeling not good enough, feeling like I wasn't pretty enough or smart enough or bright enough. And now I look at this amazing little thing that sits in front of me and, and she's a beautiful soul. She's got the most amazing little personality and she's a joy. And you know, when I take her places, people always comment on it. It's like, how, how did you miss this? How did you misrepresent yourself for so long that it actually, it's only when you see it in, you know, my niece and my daughter where poor souls, you know, people meet as they know we're family. <laughs> like, it's clearly you lot are all part of the same family that you're like, how could you not noticed it for yourself for so many years? And, and that comes down to what you said, Dr. Jacqueline, about, you know, somebody will have said something at some point and we will have clung to that and made it our reality. We will have made it our truth. So true. I, I agree with everything you said. When I shared about the keyboard, and singing and Madeline Chan and I have this song that we're doing together. Well, the only thing keeping the song from coming out is me because the lyrics are there. The music is there. I just have to sing it. And because I was told by two different guys I dated that I had a terrible voice, I think I'm actually afraid of taking it to the next step because of that overall confirming rejection that if you put something mm -hmm. out there in the public domain and yet I love to sing, but that voice is still there. And, and also just to give you another example, I mentioned I went to the gym yesterday and I've always prided myself on being really strong, but I hate the way I look. I, I'm like obsessed with, I can't even look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, my skin, this, that I just, so anyway, I think I purposefully do things to punish myself to see how far I can go. So yesterday I'd already worked out. There was no reason for me to do this. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a plank. I'd already done the TRX hanging, this and that. So I said, I'm going to do a plank for a minute or something. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to keep going. So I went over six minutes and yeah. I could have kept going, but I finished and I just was like, okay, you did that. But now you still have saggy skin. You're still disgusting. So it's still the things that we tell ourselves that at this age of 59, that I still, with all the work I've done, I still have those core issues that came from when I was very young. And my dad told me it's much easier to love someone who is thin and rich than someone who is fat and broke. So I've always, you know, and been obsessed with the number on the scale. So it just, yeah, it's not a good thing, but I'm just sharing it because it's real. Yeah. Oh, no, and thank you for sharing, because it's it's true. The things we say to ourselves, we would never say to anybody else. We'd never we'd never say that. And if you know, I can't believe you say that about I can. I can't believe you say that about yourself because I see you. Um, and I think you know that if you could see what we see, you wouldn't say that about yourself. 
But I see that so often in, and it's one of those you can see in somebody else, but you can't see it in yourself. I see it so often in everybody else. So I'm like, wish you could just see the you we see and, and embrace that and rejoice in it and acknowledge it because it's a very different it's a very different you than you see but I equally completely understand you know having been my own worst critic and often still being my own worst critic um I know what it's like when what you see isn't what everybody else sees um and it doesn't matter how many times they tell you you can't change that until you're ready to change it for yourself, until you're ready to say, actually, I'm not going to focus on the bits I don't like. I'm going to focus on the bits I do like and continue to work on the others, but I'm just not going to focus on them. So I'm going to put them over here somewhere and I'm going to sit there because we do, yeah, we do some awful things to ourselves. Don't we? I remember for many years just wanting to hide away. So I decided the best place in the world to hide was to be overweight. As long as you weren't that overweight that people that you were obese because then people would look at you for that reason so just to be the chubby girl um because nobody looks at the chubby girl um and therefore you you kind of like just blended and I spent probably about 15 years of my life in that space being the chubby girl that had a big personality because you know didn't really matter and nothing ever upset her and yet it was a good place to hide in in plain sight and I think that's what we do we find a place to hide in plain sight um, until we're ready to go and tackle what we need to change, um, how we need to look at the label that we're using on ourselves. And if it's not serving us, to go and do the work to change it. Because the beauty is, having now done that and come out the other side, and don't get me wrong, I get it wrong all the time, and <laughs> flip back in to the side before. But having done a lot of that work, you can now see that actually you can create labels that serve you better and set you up for a happier existence. Of course, once again, blown away by everything that you share. Uh, and and to your point, by the way, earlier, you were saying that, you know, poor Scarlett, she looks like you. You're beautiful. You're a beautiful woman in so many ways. You're beautiful physically. You're beautiful uh, mentally, emotionally, and, and you're true and real. Oh, bless you. Thank you. And so are you. And I think this is why I say, you know, we don't always see what other people see. Do we have there was a there was an um an advert that was done and I don't know if it's still available and around, but if it is, I I strongly suggest people go and have a look at it because it really hammers this point home. It was done by Dove and they had got um people in who were going to go in and see a artist who was going to uh, draw them. Um, and what they did, what they didn't realise is what happened beforehand is they went into this room, they sat down, there was somebody else there, wasn't the artist, wasn't somebody that knew them at all. They just spent 10, 10 minutes with them thinking about, you know, they were just in a green room. But what they actually did was got that stranger to go in and see the artist and describe the person, describe what they looked like. Um, and then they showed both pictures, the picture of how the person had described themselves and the picture of how the stranger had described them. And you see the video of them seeing it and it's beautiful. But the it's beautiful because every one of them was blown away by the beauty that the stranger saw in them that they hadn't seen for themselves. 
I love this. And you have to tell us where we can find it. It's just. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and find the link. I, okay. I, I did it as part of, you know, I was doing my study for um, facial expressions and uh, micro expressions and personology. It was in part of that study. So I will, I promise I will find it. I will find the link uh, and I'll get, I'll drop it across to you so we can add it to the show notes because it just came through with what you were, what you were talking about. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's like that video. Um, and it just so summarized that what we see isn't what other people see. And if we could just see what they saw, we'd probably be a heck of a lot kinder to ourselves. Yes. And, and also what you shared about hiding in your weight. Yeah. That's, we could have a whole show just on that because I'm sure there, there are people doing that right now. And if, by the way, the time is running. I can't believe it. we could just go on and on and on. By the way, you have to come on a new show that, let me just put up this. I just uh, put this out there. We haven't even had the first show yet, but you have to come on with me. It's called Rapping with Dr. Jack on a show about nothing. So we just sit and chat. There's no topic. We just sit and chat about whatever. So I'd love to have you on there. Oh, I would love to. It'll be like this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sorry that our guests couldn't make it today, but we're having a great time anyway. So um, Kim Adele, just to kind of wrap things up, first of all, for our audience, our guest wasn't here today. So we were going to talk about adaptation and change. And I think we've hit a number of subjects that are, are around that area. But what I love most about this show is that you and I just have this connection, this chemistry. We could just talk and talk, listen. We're listening and talking, right? We're, we're yeah. both active listeners and i just really appreciate you so thank you for sharing this space with me and i can't wait to have scarlet on here too oh i know and thank you and thank you so much right back at you i i love that and i think this just is one of the gifts of life isn't it where you meet somebody that you just genuinely connect with and therefore everything else becomes easy i think you you know i always say a sign of a good friend is somebody you can sit in silence with and not feel uncomfortable. Those moments where you kind of sat there and go, oh, we've not spoken for 10 minutes, we probably shouldn't do that. Um, and I think it is that that gift of connecting. And I am so privileged to have met you and to have you as my friend. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Back at you. And so I'd love for you to share how people can work with you. Specifics, like if someone is in need of a coach or someone needs a mentor or someone needs a board member or any of these wonderful things that you do, please let people know. Of course. So, so gosh, Jeff has just done most of my job for me. So I am a coach and consultant. So I coach leaders and business owners, in particular, business owners who are stuck working in the business, not on the business. When you ask yourself the question, could my business survive without me in it? And the answer is no. You're the people I can help. We'll create that business to survive you so that you can actually enjoy it. And also to work with boards on how to actually embed those cultures where we're being innovative, adaptable and growing. So if you're in either of those camps, please do get in touch at kim at kimadelrandall.com. Or if you've got a story that you'd like to share, if you've overcome adversity or if you've achieved something that you just want to share with the world so that people can learn from your life lessons, get in touch. We'd love to hear your story. And how do people get in touch? Oh, sorry. Also get in touch at kim at kimadelrandall.com. Or you can find out more about us at www.authenticachievements.com. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you stay cool over the weekend. I hope the weather there in London is conducive to some kind of relaxation instead of sweating it out. <laughs> yeah, it has been like a living sauna uh, for the last week, but thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I hope you get some rest and some peace as well, Dr. Jacqueline, and I look forward to next week. Thank you so much. Remember to send that link if you would. Oh, I will do. I'll go and find okay. it right now. Perfect. Take care. Thanks again, Kim Adele. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you to each and every one of you for watching on the live or the replay or listening, whatever means of consumption of our content. I am truly grateful. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our 28 shows that are weekly live streaming, please go over to our website, usaglobaltv.com. If you're watching our show on our YouTube channel, please go ahead and subscribe. It would really mean a lot to know that you are watching. And also, I am just so excited that Friday we are jam-packed. We start with this show and we go all the way through for another eight hours. So do stay with us wherever you are. Our next show is coming up and that is the power of etiquette and manners. And joining me, of course, is my co-host and friend, Mr. Philip Sykes. So we'll be right back. Stay wherever you are. We'll be back in just over 10 minutes. Thank you.